So I had coffee. All right, this is how they. This is amazing. You're gonna love this. I've been waiting to tell you this. Oh my god, I can't wait. Keep in mind, you're being we're recording has started. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, go ahead. So doesn't show up for coffee, so I have coffee, right? Yep. I come home. It's like 8 p.m., right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I come home and I got an Oculus headset, right? Oh, cool. And the NFL just released their first licensed VR game. No way. I didn't know this. So it's 30 bucks. And dude, it's incredible. It's <laughs> it's glitchy, don't get me wrong. Uh, because it's it's gonna go through a bunch of patches, you know. It's just sure. it was released on like the 16th. But basically you pick a team, you build your character kind of like you would men. Uh-huh. But imagine it's VR and you're playing as the quarterback. Damn. That's cool. But it was worth the thirty dollars. I can't wait to see how what they patch it. I mean, it's there's some bad things like not only is it frustrating for me because you'll throw the ball and the guy won't even turn around; it just bounces off their helmet. Well, for some quarterbacks, that's realistic. <laughs> um, it's funny when you're watching the other team like going down the field and it happens because you're like, oh well, clearly the system did not have that guy take that route correctly. Right. Um, but it gives you this weird vibe of actually what it's like to be on there like i'm up 14 and 0 against the commanders and i'm just watching the defense get torched <laughs> like 15 yard completion 16 yard completion 22 yard run or like we it was against the eagles and it's like it's a three-point game yeah, it's like the pressure <laughs> right and you're like you're sitting there watching you're like the defense just has to hold and it's like third <laughs> down and you're like okay just one more down that's it just drop back don't let them complete a 15 yard completion and you're like what the f- <sighs> do they give you like do you watch it from as if you're on the sideline or how does the defense work yeah it's yeah you're basically standing on the sideline you can review like you get yeah. this little like handheld tablet thing where you can go back and review your plays. Can you smash it on the ground, Tom Brady style? I have tried. <laughs> Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another exciting episode of the 2M Football Podcast. Uh, with you here, as always, Mike and Matt, and we're talking week two and three of this 2022 NFL season. 2.5. Woo! I That's it right. Out it's, now. it's the week Three years in, I figured out what, it, what the code is. It is indeed the week 2.5 update show. Uh, we're going to recap week two. We'll spend a little bit less time on that, given this episode will release on Thursday when week three will begin. Um, of course, we'll preview week three, every game. We'll do our picks, talk through the matchups, and uh, then we'll spend some time in a very exciting episode of the Fantasy Corner, where I am still just 
buzzing from my dramatic come from behind victory in week two, which we'll get into. Hey, I won too, so suck it. You did. Very exciting for you. Uh, Nick was rage texting me all Monday night. It's like, come on, Devontae Smith. <laughs> it was closer than I would have liked, but it's fine. A win's a win. That's right. Whether it's by 10 or 0.1, it goes into the record book the same. So I, I thought um, before we jump into the games, we could do a, this new sort of overview of the week. Oh, geez. We're branding new stuff now. And this can be a mix of, you know, trends that we saw or, yeah, you know. The trends are football's aggravating. It adds unneeded stress to our life. And yet we get excited for it every year. There, I summed up the football season <laughs> in a nutshell. That's true. Yeah, that's true on a macro sense and on a mic, you know, from week to week. So um, obviously the biggest headline of the week was Trey Lance suffering a season ending ankle injury for San Francisco. Which we'll get into that game. But then other stuff that happened more generally was some of the offenses we saw struggle in week through week one. Um, that was really weird. I don't even know what I said. Some of the I, offenses, let me try that whole sentence again. Some of the yeah. offenses we saw struggling in week one carried those struggles into week two and continued to look bad, such as the Bengals and Broncos. Uh, some of them flipped the script and were able to look more like what we were expecting to see, uh, like Green Bay, for example. The Colts still can't win in Jacksonville. And just overall, we were treated as viewers to another handful of just insan- insanity in terms of ends of games. And some shocking wins, as we're about to find out. Yeah, and that leads us right into the upsets. Nice segue there. And I had to put this one first. Colts, zero. Jaguars, 24. I think that's what surprises me about that whole thing. Well, yeah. Obviously, as I as we alluded to, the Colts have had their struggles in Jacksonville. Uh, coming into this game, they had lost seven in a row. Seven games in a row in Jacksonville. Which is so surprising because they've had on paper... You could argue the better team most of those games, if not all of them. Uh, but once again, so we, it has to be said that Michael Pittman, their top receiver, uh, was ruled out for this game with a quad injury. He didn't play. And then their lack of depth behind him at the position was on full display here. Yeah, Matt Ryan was sacked five times through three interceptions. Obviously, they were shut out, which is pretty rare in the NFL these days. Well, and I think what's most shocking is last year they had one of the best offensive lines they had one of i don't know i still think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in carson wentz and yet everything was on full display here like we said the clear lack of receiver depth was a massive problem um and they couldn't get the run game going and it just led to a complete debacle and it was a glaring issue that this receiving core needs to be fixed now if they're going to save the season right and yeah i feel like there's some weird stuff going on with the coaching and play calling too because taylor only had nine rushing attempts in the game and i think only one catch it's like he's your best player you have no receivers you would think they'd want to get him be the centerpiece of that offense, but he was, yeah, he was barely involved. And then once they got down, the, the game just got away from them. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had 
probably his best game of his career yet. It was 25 of 30 passes, 230 yards, and two touchdowns. And so this was, yeah, this was the eighth time in a row the Colts have lost to Jacksonville. And through two weeks, Jaguars are in first place in that division in the AFC South. I'm sorry, I don't think I heard that correctly. <laughs> Jaguars are one and one. Uh, nobody else in that division has won a game. Colts and Texans are 0-1-1 with a tie in week one. And the uh, Titans are 0-2 after their Monday night debacle. Is that what that was? <laughs> well, not for me in fantasy football, but for them, yes. <laughs> Another big upset, uh, the Jets beat the Browns. Joe Flacco at quarterback again. Um, Cleveland really dominated this game with the ground game as you know, as expected with, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb there. They had almost 200 rushing yards as a team. And the Browns had a 13-point lead with under two minutes to play in the fourth. Uh, ironically, though, that the, their final touchdown may have been what, or it is what gave the Jets the chance to even attempt the comeback. Because uh, when Nick Chubb ran in his third touchdown of the game, he could have taken a knee at the one-yard line, which would have given them first down uh, within two minutes. Jets had already used their timeout, so they could have just knelt it down and, and ended the game. But still, you think scoring the touchdown, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, they're up six more points, only six, because their kicker, Cade York, missed the extra point. But even so, you're up, you're up 13 with under two minutes to go. And it's Flacco and the Jets. Uh, however... First, Flacco hit Corey Davis for a 66-yard touchdown where just nobody was anywhere near him in the defensive secondary. And then the Jets kick and recover an onside kick. And Flacco scores another touchdown to rookie Garrett Wilson for uh, the game-winning score. So incredible comeback by the Jets here on the road. Yeah, I don't have much on that one other than it's it's amazing when scoring becomes your uh... – the reason you lose a game right like you, you the whole goal is to put points on the board and then it's just about timing right you you think you didn't leave uh enough time you yeah. leave that much time on the clock and then all of a sudden just everything falls into place yeah and then so this next game maybe the wildest one of all another game that i had pretty much written off um, before the comeback got underway, the Dolphins visited the Ravens. Um, and just right away, the Ravens returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. It's like, okay, here we go. And Lamar Jackson threw three touchdowns in the first half. Um, and he even added a, a 79-yard rushing touchdown. They picked off Tua a couple times, and the score was 35-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Ravens were up. This game looked like it was over. However. However? However, Tua Tagovailoa and his two receivers, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, they all went insane in the fourth quarter. Tyreek kept somehow getting behind this defense, who I feel like is used to facing Hill from his days with the Chiefs. But he kept getting behind them somehow. Major lapses in coverage. 
Jalen Waddle is is equal, almost equally dangerous. I would say in year two, he's he's already he's becoming one of the top receivers in the league. And the Dolphins scored 28 points in the fourth quarter um, to to take the lead and end up getting the win, 42 to 38. Tua threw six touchdowns and almost 400 yards. Uh, and I wrote here at the time, will it be enough to save Mike in fantasy? Because he's my quarterback. At the time, the answer was no, but uh, it ended up being a yes, which we'll discuss more later. Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> but this has to be one of the most surprising comebacks. Down 21 points. And did you see this <laughs> statistic I sent you right before this? No. Dating back to last season. Well, I saw the alert. Did I read what you sent me? Never. That's fair. Um, but listen to this. Since the beginning of 2021, the Dolphins have beaten every team whose quarterback has an O in the last name. <laughs> and they've lost and they've lost to every team with a quarterback whose last name does not contain an O. <laughs> Who the hell like has the time? It's an excellent question. <laughs> that I feel like is something you would do. I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. You know, they've lost to Josh Allen twice. No O's and Allen, obviously. They've beaten Mac Jones now three times since last season. Lamar Jackson with the O in there. They've beaten him twice. It's just, it's so funny. So what, are we now making bets with the Dolphins against quarterbacks that have certain letters in their names? I mean, I'm going to have to start factoring that into my, my pick em picks. <laughs> yes. As a as a tiebreaker, they're playing the Bills next week. Allen has no O, so I'm gonna have to go with the Bills. But yeah, I also don't think the Bills are really in the place to be stopped right now. But that's a whole different ball of wax. <laughs> uh, again, we'll get there. Uh, let's get through the rest. Of, a couple more upsets here. The Cowboys beat the Bengals. The Cowboys with Cooper Rush starting for injured Dak Prescott. I think the Bengals, now sitting at 0-2, have to be a little bit concerned. Joe Burrow has been sacked 13 times through two weeks. Uh, So he's on pace for, if I did this math right, which I feel like is wrong, 93 for the season? Let me see. He's averaging how many games in the season? This is amazing stuff. 16. No, 17 now. 17 now. He's averaging, he's on pace for 110 sacks this year. Oh, sweet. New record. <laughs> he took 51 last year, which was already an insane number. And this is after they spent so much money in the offseason bringing in veterans to, in theory, improve their offensive line since it was their biggest issue last season. It doesn't look like it's been fixed. No, it feels like they're like, we got good pieces, and it just is worse. They, they I'm not panicking yet i think they're going to bounce back against the jets but it's definitely a little bit pause for concern that burrow who has a reconstructed knee already yeah. is getting hit this much yeah and also to be fair in weeks one and two they've gone up against tj watt and micah parsons so you know good defenses on the other side with good pass rushers but you can't have this many sacks and it really impaired them in this game particularly 
Well, no, both games equally. <laughs> they haven't scored a lot of points through two games. They haven't looked like what we saw from this offense a year ago. Yeah, I'm aware they haven't scored a lot of points. Can we please move on? <laughs> okay. Um, the Patriots beat the Steelers 17-14. It was an ugly low-scoring game like we thought it would be. Um, but it was the Patriots emerging victorious. And they actually, despite only putting up 17 points, they moved the ball a lot more than Pittsburgh did. Trubisky is not off to a good start. But as Mike Tomlinson says, do not panic. They will be fine. I would be panicking if I was a Steelers fan. Uh, especially the way the crowd, or, or if I was Trubisky, especially the way the crowd uh, is begging for picket to get in there uh, one more upset the giants beat the panthers i think we actually both picked the giants but uh, according to the vegas line it was the panthers were favored apparently the giants are the one to bet because they're one of six two and oh teams wow very good Do you have that off the top of your head there's six yeah. of them very I good believe that, i believe it is six all right i'm going to confirm that while you're talking <laughs> yeah, in this game, the Panthers got off to a terrible start, fumbling, I think, the opening kickoff and then fumbling on their first possession, too. Giants couldn't take full advantage, but they did kick a field goal on each to get a quick 6-0 um, lead. And then after that, it was a pretty ugly game here, as indicated by the final scoreline. Uh, nobody really looked very good outside of Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield completed under half of his passes. I guess one good thing you can say for Daniel Jones is that he didn't fumble, which is a first for his career, probably. Not going to fact check that one. Um, maybe more interesting than this game was the news that uh, Giants backup quarterback Tyrod Taylor is Oh my God, I was right. Six undefeated teams. Very good. That's impressive. It's the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Giants. The Bucks, and that is it. Everyone else either is one and one or a losing record. Wow. Nice work there. That's impressive. Yeah, see, I contribute something, and now this is the last time you'll hear from me. Uh, let's talk about our sleepers then. Uh, Matt, your Lions got their first win of the season, 36-27 to 27 over the visiting Commanders. Yeah, and a, and a tough sliding match too. I mean – this is where I think I get frustrated with Jared Goff because Goff actually looked decent. Um, uh, however, that's balanced with probably what I feel like I got for a steal on our draft was DeAndre Swift um, is looking phenomenal out of that backfield. Oh, yeah. So I think that that run game is really helping take the pressure off Goff and the team is doing what's well. But what's really impressed me is that front seven of of Detroit that's really come to life. I mean, Adrian Hutchinson had three sacks in this game. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, they kind of got gassed in the second half, but they had enough on the board to where the commanders tried to get back in, but they just couldn't do it, and the Lions stuck out the win. Yeah. Um, Raiders. Oh, wait, on one more thing hand. about the Lions. Yeah, they were up 22-0 at halftime here. They, they shut out the commanders in the first half. Okay, go on. No, it's fine. You can just take all the glory. <laughs> Speaking of up 20 to 20 <laughs> shutting out, oh, no. teams I like have a habit of this, and I don't like it. It needs to stop. Talk to you, Las Vegas. 
Um, the Raiders were up 20, 20 to nothing midway through the third quarter. Um, yeah. However, apparently Kyle Murray decided <laughs> to watch tape that week. Ooh. <laughs> um, because in the starting the beginning of the fourth quarter, Murray covered 84 yards in just over 20 seconds, um, which led to a two-point conversion. One of uh, a two-point conversion on top of two touchdowns to force the overtime. So keep in mind, the Cardinals had to battle all the way back just to force overtime. And it's like, all right, cool. Overtime makes things more exciting, right? It's like a sudden death thing. They've changed it a little bit to make it a little bit more fair. You can thank the Buffalo Bills for that. No, Cardinals win the toss. Ready? Here's the scene. Cardinals win the toss. Okay. Just fall first in overtime. They're oh, driving. Yep. They're driving. They're, They're going to win. They're going to win, right? Oh, well. But the Raiders forced a turnover on downs after Arizona went it, went for it on fourth and one in Vegas territory. Oh, wow. So did the Raiders win? What happened next? Well, <laughs> you know, you would think. Raiders were going until this, this kid, this young man, this young man paid millions of dollars <laughs> to do two things. One of them is catch the ball. The other is protect the football. Uh, Hunter Renfro fumbles, and it is picked up and recovered for 59 yards for the touchdown by Mr. Byron Murphy for the Cardinals to end up taking the victory in a very disappointing overtime against a team that I do not think is very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but more or less, I'm really focused on the fact that the Lions won a game, and I like where this is going. The Raiders, come on, you're better than that. Are they though? Shut up. Not everybody has a remarkable story like the Dolphins, all right? I need another drink now, thanks. Yeah, sorry to make you relive that. Um, this is one of the other games that I looked at the score, you know, more than halfway through. I'm like, oh, this one's over. <laughs> Not the case. Uh, yeah, my sleeper picks for our playoff sleepers, the Dolphins we already discussed. Incredible surprising win for Miami over Baltimore. They improved it 2-0. Uh, less successful were my Saints, who hosted the Buccaneers in Week 2. I'm going to throw in a bunch of caveats here, or excuses, whatever you want to call them. They didn't have Alvin Kamara, their star running back, out with a rib injury. It was reported Sunday morning that Jameis Winston is playing through four fractures in his back. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. Uh, I think he's just a little... To be <laughs> wow. Okay, let me write down this timestamp really quick. All right, 45. That dropped a hard B. <laughs> B. Uh, Sorry, continue. I need to go get more alcohol. This is the okay. kind of conversation. More? Is that a good idea? <laughs> How about a glass of water? <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, to be fair, the Buccaneers were also dealing with some injuries. They were without Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and their left tackle, Donovan Smith. And it showed in the in the script for this game, there was defensive struggle to the max through three quarters with, uh, with a 3-3 three to three score. And uh, like I alluded to in the opening, Tom Brady, very frustrated. He was smashing his Microsoft Surface tablet on the sideline. And then in the fourth quarter, 
temperature heated up in this game. Tempers flared once again between um, Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, who was covering Mike Evans, the Buccaneers star receiver. Not the first time these two have come to blows. Punches were thrown, both players got ejected, and Mike Evans actually got suspended the game. He'll be he'll have to miss week three. Um, the Packers say thank you very much. Right, talk about timing on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's gonna miss a game. Which one? Green Bay? Oh yeah, he totally deserved <laughs> it. Uh the Buccaneers went up ten points, and so Jameis in comeback mode threw a pick six that pretty much sealed their fate. It was one of three interceptions he threw on the day. Oh, so Winston actually came to play that day. Good to see him back. <laughs> Speaking of back, it's broken. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on that. <laughs> yeah, of course you will. Winston wasn't the only one who played poorly. That the team lost two fumbles. Chris Olave, rookie receiver, cough, coughed up the ball after making a nice catch on a deep route. And then running back Mark Ingram, playing for the injured Camara, also fumbled on the goal line, where he was inches away from scoring. Instead, it was a turnover. So rough day at the office for the Saints' offense here. They lost 20 to 10 and fall to one and one. And this is actually the first time Brady has beaten the Saints as a Buccaneer, which is pretty surprising. I guess all good things have to come to an end. Well, and if you think about it, with the way the score was, like, it's it's almost a shock to say that all it would have taken was another field goal. You know, I know they went up 10 points, but seven of those came off of, you know, uh, a pick six. Yeah, but at that point he had two additional interceptions, which really didn't turn into much. So it's still this game was either an either or type of situation with them. But yeah, three three ints on Jameis and two fumbles on the rest of the offense just are not going to get the job done. Yeah, with turnover, any game you have a turnover differential of uh, negative. Sorry, hold on, looking it up really quick. Yeah, they did. Um, force a fumble on Brady. So they had a negative minus four turnover differential. That is not a winning uh, formula. No. But Dennis Allen will get the ship right. I, I, I have faith in that one. But uh, yeah. you know, it's always bitter when you lose to Brady, right? That's kind of like everyone's goal at this point in his twilight seasons. It's just like, oh, I just got to beat Brady. I can say I beat Brady. Yep. Not this time. Sorry, Jameis. That's okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> Me and Jameis will be just fine. <laughs> uh, a couple other notable games of the week. Uh, going all the way back to last Thursday, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 27-24 in a really close game. Uh, biggest takeaway from this was Justin Herbert getting a um, sustaining a rib injury, fractured rib cartilage late in the game. Um Right after the game, uh, Brandon Staley said he was, quote, day-to-day with the injury. It sounds like he should be okay for week three, but uh, we don't have confirmation on that just yet. Really good game here. The Chiefs, or the Colts, or, wow, the Chargers. Okay, there we go. The Chargers were up 17-7, uh, to 7, I believe, at one point. Yep, yeah, because but the Chiefs came back to tie it at 17 in the fourth. Yeah, the Chiefs went on a 20-point run in the second half, and um, yeah, Mahomes heated up. Oh, there was a pick six in this game, too. Yeah, 
Yep, that was the, that was targeted at Gerald Everett. Yes. And it yes. did not go to Gerald Everett. In fact, it went to somebody in a complete opposite colored uniform. Right. And that was and then a, ran the wrong way on the goal line as well. A 99 yard interception return touchdown that was uh, put put the Chiefs up 24-17 at the um, time. Not just from a fantasy perspective, but I think you missed a key component in your little recap here of the game, oh. Mike. Uh-oh. Uh, do tell. Uh, Austin Eckler has not been utilized in his traditional roles in this offense, and nobody seems to understand quite why. Mm. You know, Eckler not only is their star running back, but is a great pass catcher on the backfield, and yet there's been no utilization um, or very little of it on this, and I'm not quite sure why. Because I feel like these hits that Herbert, especially after he took that hit and was down for a bit, um, why they didn't go to a a run first. I get you can say, like, being down 10 points, why would you run the ball? But you don't get your quarterback in a worse situation. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to take the L to protect your quarterback for, you know, so you don't lose him for four weeks due to a rib injury, fans are going to understand that. But if you if you don't utilize them and your quarterback takes a second hit that knocks them out for four to six weeks, you've pretty much written off over a third of your season. Oh, yeah. And that was a scary thing is he he missed one play, um, came back in clearly still in great pain. And he did take a couple more hits and it it looked scary. Uh, But, yeah, hopefully he'll be okay, And hopefully him and uh, Eckler and everyone else on that offense. Uh, can keep it together for next week. Here's a team who's barely keeping it together. <laughs> the Broncos, they hosted the Texans in the, their home opener. Oh, man, I thought that was the perfect segue. Skip that part. My bad. I was looking at the Bears, so when you said barely holding it together. Oh, barely. <laughs> I was, like, so proud. Here's a team that's Bronco-ly holding it together. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> Through two weeks, Russell Wilson and Denver's offense just look unbelievably bad. It's, I don't know, I think it's a combination of a bunch of different things. Like, Russell himself looks bad. He looks slow when he tries to move. He looks like he, he has none of the mobility left, that, apparently, that he showed in Seattle all those years. Uh, but I think the coaching staff, led by Nathaniel Hackett, who's a first-time head coach, they just look unprepared. They lead the league in false start and delay of game penalties. And part of that is tied to in-game decision-making. Uh, remember the sort of controversy last week in their loss to Seattle was that they did attempt a 64-yard field goal rather than going for a fourth and five. Uh, well, in this game, they had a fourth and two in the Texans' 40-yard line. And there was indecision here. They, it looked like they wanted to go for it. Then they changed their mind and sent the field goal team out there for the 57-yarder. Um, but then they were... They ran out of time. They got a delay of game penalty, which resulted in them punting instead of even attempting the field goal. And there, I mean, it's like this throughout the first two games. I don't want to hit the panic button just yet. I mean, they beat the Texans, right? Now they met. That they may not be saying much. No, but not. there is a massive shift from going from just a coordinator who doesn't have to make any of these decisions to moving into a position where you now are the only one making these decisions and everything rides on you. And I I would be surprised if we see the next two to four weeks 
of very bizarre decisions while Hackett gets a handle of what it means to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll come around to it. He's he's a great coordinator. He's been great and with many of the teams he's served on. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers always spoke highly of him uh, from his time in Green Bay. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's a new set of responsibilities. And what one thing you've seen, uh, I remember this with Matt Nagy in Chicago, is he, because I think, I want to say Hackett is calling the plays too. And you've seen other head coaches end up delegating that task to someone else so that they could focus on the in-game management. And it, it seems like something like that might be helpful here because they look really bad. At least until you get, you know, your feet planted firmly and you kind of understand the flow, the way a game works, then you can go back to incorporating your stuff in. But yeah, yeah, I know it's, I know you never want to give up something you've done for years, but there's times you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, other stuff that's not helping the situation. Jerry Judy got hurt in this game. I think it's also a chest slash rib injury. Um, they didn't have, so obviously they lost Tim Patrick in the off season for the season for the whole year. So angry. They didn't have KJ Hamler either for this game. So they are what looked like a deep receiving core when they first got Russell in the off season. Looking pretty thin about now. I mean, are we seeing an image of what's going on with the Colts, too? Like, where all of a sudden you look like you're pretty well set, and after two injuries, you're like, oh, where'd the team go? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> something like that. They're in a similar spot now with all they have is Cortland Sutton. If these other guys are hurt, just like all the Colts have is uh, Michael Pittman. But so, you know, maybe Judy will be okay. Sounds like Hamler will be okay eventually. And hopefully things improve on the coaching and game management side of things. But this is far from what we were expecting when Russell Wilson first got traded here. As, and I'm very bitter as a fantasy manager so far. <laughs> Russell Wilson is not paying off. Uh, how do you think I feel about Matt Ryan? Did you probably, not see, did you not see like the massive what I did? <laughs> no, I didn't. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Oh, I think I did see that, actually. I was going to say, are you wacko for Flacco? But I think someone else grabbed him last week. Very interesting. Um, Yeah, so the game that you thought I was going to last time, the Bears played the Packers on Sunday night football. Um, Packers got some guys healthy again. Alan Lazard and Elton Jenkins. And they were very good. Bears looked very bad. And the Packers got a big win. Blow through the I disagree with all of that assessment, but that's fine. Well, okay. The, uh, the Packers' offense looked much better. Rodgers looked better. They it was improved. It was not where it needed to be, and the defense still has a glaring problem. Yes, that is true. Go ahead. What is their glaring problem? They cannot stop the run to save their life. Just like last. Some things never change, man. We got Kenny Clark in there now to help plug the gap, and we still can't stop the rush. Well, and that rookie, that first-round linebacker from Georgia. That's not playing? No, he was out there. Was he? I saw him. I saw him whip on a few tackles, I think. There's two rookies. There's a second-rounder and the first-rounder. The second-rounder's playing. The first-rounder is not. There are two first-rounders, a a lineman and a linebacker. I don't know who's the starter and who's not. (laughs) All I know is Green Bay is not going to get very far if this run defense does not shape up. 
they, yes. the, gave up they are making yards. average offensive lines look phenomenal. It's not that the Bears have a poor offensive line. They have an average offensive well, line. Well, yeah, it's, it's more closer to poor than, than good. But they made it look great. When, you're, when your running backs can average 8.4 a carry. That's insane. That's unacceptable. Yeah. And I am going to say it now. We are in week two. Joe Barry needs to find a new job. Green Bay needs to reach out. You ready for this? Are you putting this down? What? Tell me. Who is it? Mike Zimmer. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's a different defensive scheme, but this zone defense that Joe Barry plays is not going to work. If anything, they move need to move to a cover three shell like Seattle and the Vikings are currently playing, and maybe that'll work. But this current zone defense that Joe Barry runs is not the answer because you cannot stop the run. I digress. We're done. All right. The Bills crushed the Titans 41 to 7 on Monday Night Football. Stephon Diggs is a god amongst men. Uh, like five players were injured too. Yeah, within the first five minutes, it felt like. Well, and then the uh, what was it? The linebacker or one of the safeties from Buffalo uh, was ambulanced off the field. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's some, true. Something Davis, I think. But it turns out that he is okay. He was released the next day. Uh, evaluated there seems to be no head or neck injuries but it's it's bad enough when the cart comes on the field but when you're watching the cart come out and it moves to the side and the ambulance comes on the field yeah that's uh, what gets scary it brings the reality that this is not a an easy sport right elsewhere is the other half of the monday night doubleheader the eagles Hosted the Vikings and uh, primetime Kirk, like we talked about last week, <laughs> strikes again. He threw three picks in this game, completed just 58% of his passes. And what I noticed, I was watching this very closely for fantasy purposes um, because I was my wife had Kirk Cousins, so I'm like praying for the Eagles' defense to. Yeah, of course well, he shows up and puts up seven points against the Eagles when I play yeah. him. Puts up like 500 points. <laughs> So stupid. What I noticed is that anytime the Eagles brought pressure, whether it was through a blitz or just someone beating their man on the line, Cousins just panicked and and he looked really rattled and just just threw it in the area of Justin Jefferson, which got him in a lot of trouble. Darius Slay had a big game and um, catch it, Justin, go. <laughs> and it was constant. Even when the Eagles didn't blitz, it seemed like they were getting pressure. And that was, I, I felt like the difference. He threw three picks, like I said, at least two of them were from, were on plays where he was, he had pressure on his face and just kind of threw the ball up there. So the Eagles defense was looking good. And on the flip side, their offense, Jalen Hurts was, had almost a perfect first half of football. I think this was all in the first half. He had 300 passing yards, 57 rushing yards, three total touchdowns. And uh, one unfortunate interception that went off the hands of his running back. But, um, yeah, the Eagles dominated this one. This was a rare game in which neither team scored in the second half. 
24 to 7 was the halftime score, and that was the final, too. Really odd. Uh, 49ers beat the Seahawks. This was, yeah, the game where Trey Lance got hurt and went down pretty early in the game. Man, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy G has the perfect opportunity to do to the Niners what Mayfield did to the, the Browns. When they're like, we're going to get rid of you. We don't need you anymore. We're going to go get Sean Watson. Oh, he's suspended for 11 games. Um, hey, Baker, you up? <laughs> and Baker, to his credit, turned around and told me basically to go fly a kite. Um, and I feel like Jimmy, we were talking about this at work, that Jimmy G has that same opportunity presented to him. But I think he's going to take, he's going to be the the better man or the, the high road <laughs> yeah and not tell the niners to go f off mm-hmm. even though he has every right to at this point with the games they've played yeah because this team has been good with garoppolo they were game away from the super bowl last year um it's looking like a pretty savvy piece of contract manipulation for them to keep him around and so rather than trading or cutting him like a lot of people thought he would in the offseason. Well, and the whole problem was is they put him on the market. Nobody gave a serious offer. So there's this really weird tension of what do you do with him? Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden, after all that publicity, so it's not like Jimmy didn't know that the Niners kind of wanted to get something for him. Right. And now you're in this weird spot where the guy that they're putting all their eggs in one basket for goes down. And now you have to turn to the very guy that you were basically hanging out there like any bites, any bids. Hey, do you can you like you know go to the locker room and you know put your put your helmet on and I don't know maybe win us seven or eight games while we while we wait for our guy to come back. Well, yeah, that's one way to look at it. I'm, I'm wondering. My question is, what happens if they're good again with Giroppolo? What if he takes them deep into the playoffs again? Can they really? I mean, is it are we in the exact same situation next off season where they're just trying to trade him again <laughs> and then turn the keys over to Lance or like what is going to happen here? Because they, they should be good, arguably better, more stable team with Garoppolo this year. I mean, it just makes it exciting to look forward to next season. Absolutely. Uh, one more game, the Rams beat the Falcons. It actually did get close late. Um, but Too it, close. Yeah. 31-27, Falcons were driving. But Jalen Ramsey interception in the end zone ended the Falcons' hopes for an upset. Damn it, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. With that, thanks you for saving my Eliminator season. (laughs) With that said, we'll take a short break and then come back for our week three preview. And we're back. That was such a great story, Mike. I can't believe you did that in public. Am I not just the funniest guy? I mean, looks aren't everything, but yeah, you're pretty up there. Thank you. Let's talk week three. Uh, once again, these games are ranked by the Mike Watchability Index. I love that name. And thank you. It's, it's, it's one of the best things you've come up with. That's uh, uh, saying a lot among gems like uh, Bronco. I'm drive down there and slap you personally. <laughs> what did I just say? Bronco ability or something. I forget. <laughs> anyway, that's. Okay, my top thinking uh, just read. Top game of the week. 
for me, Bills at Dolphins. They're both 2-0. and oh. They're division rivals. Um, yeah, I mean, Bills have looked amazing on both sides of the ball. They were the number one defense last year. They've looked great through two weeks this year, too. I feel like this is one of those games that's going to go one of two directions. It's going to be super exciting, all-out battle, like ballroom battle, or... Or the Bills are just going to blow them out like they have their first two opponents. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, what, something like 72-17 to 17 or something they've outscored their opponents. Yeah, that sounds right. I think you're right. And it's like, okay, like this is one of the reasons why I don't watch college sports normally, right? Because you go <laughs> on the game, you get excited for it, then you turn it on, and it's 42 nothing by the half. And you're like, yeah, there's no point to this. Because <laughs> it gets boring. <laughs> right. So this game is either going to be a phenomenal battle that will live up to its height, or it's going to be a college-level game where we're just going to be beating our heads against the wall, be like, can the 3 o'clock game just start already? <laughs> well, the one thing that the Bills don't do well still is run the ball, but I guess the, it doesn't matter when your quarterback is as good as Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, like, and you know what? Through two games, it clearly shows that Brian DeBall had a lasting impression as their offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator, and Allen doesn't seem to have lost a step with his receivers. No, yeah, you're right. If anything, he's looking even better than last year when he, his accuracy issues came back up just a little bit. On the Dolphins' side, uh, they've had, you know, fairly impressive wins. They beat the Patriots week one easily. They had their epic comeback last Sunday. So they've got some momentum going, too, but uh, I don't know. (laughs) Obviously, Hill and Waddle have been really good receiver duo. I just don't know if they will be able to do it again against this defense in Buffalo. I'm obviously – I'm taking the Bills, but I – I am excited to watch this. I hope it doesn't go the the blowout way, but that's certainly a possible outcome. Yeah, no, I have the bills all the way. I mean, I, I call, we kind of combined called it at the beginning of the year, right? Like this was the bills year. I think the confetti's fallen on everyone else for a while. And the bills are making a statement this year. And I have never seen them come out like this before and just absolutely trample everybody in their path. So yeah, they're dangerous and they're they're legit. Next one I've got is Packers at Bucks. Packers sitting at one and one after their week two win. Bucks are one of the six undefeated teams at two and zero. Oh. Um, the issue potentially for the Buccaneers this week is their receiving core could be just paper thin, like a few other teams we've talked about. Mike Evans is suspended. Chris Godwin and Julio Jones both missed week two with injury. Um, neither practicing yet as of Wednesday, but you know, they still, it's possible that they'll play, especially Julio, I think has a better chance, but on the flip side, maybe they don't even need to throw the ball given the Packers, the state of the Packers lack of a run defense. And on the flip side, the Tampa Bay defense has allowed just 13 points through their first two games. So looking pretty good there too. It's a tough test for Aaron Rodgers and his offense. But getting, you know, Lazard back healthy and getting a starter back in Elton Jenkins on their offensive line, give them a huge boost against Chicago. So I think that levels the playing field a little bit. Should be a uh, good game here. I'm taking Tampa Bay, though. Absolutely. I have more faith in the continuity, even being downplay players. 
mm-hmm. um, that Brady will find a way to to come through this game. Green Bay is still getting is still trying to gel and get itself kind of figured out and together. That's not a bad thing, but these things take time. And Lazard is back, which helps. Jenkins is back, which helps. But there's still a lot of questions I have on this Green Bay team yeah. that I don't really have for Tampa Bay. Right, and in both cases, it's strength against weakness, right? The, the Buccaneers are good at running the ball. Leonard Fournette looks good, and the Packers' run defense is terrible. Uh, spoiler alert, Lord Fournette is in my FanDuel lineup against you this week. <laughs> oh, you did not. And on the other side, the Packers' strength, you could argue, is running the ball this year, given their lack of receivers, but that's what the Tampa Bay defense excels at doing, is stuffing the run with their, their monster defensive line. Yeah, your so, face is good at stuffing the run. I'm good at stuffing my face. Oh, yeah. I mean, they go hand in hand. You're right. Eagles at Eagles at Commanders. Eagles 2-0, Commanders 1-1. One one. This is the Carson Wentz revenge game. Oh, here we go. Revenge games again. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> it's one of... Actually, this is... Does it still count even if that was your team from two teams ago? It does, especially because that was his original team. But this is not as good as when he eventually has to go back to Philly. That will be the ultimate uh, revenge game. Ooh. And they're going to throw soda cans at him like they did Santa Claus. Probably. Uh, jokes aside, though, about Carson Wentz, Washington's offense has actually looked really good this year. We've they got a phenomenal group of receivers around them. I was going to say, we've talked about some weak receiving rooms. Uh, Terry McLaurin finally has some other players <laughs> to take some of the pressure off. Uh, Curtis Samuel is looking good, an ex-prove-it player of mine with Carolina. And then the rookie, Jahan You will always bring that up. I'm only going to bring up the ones who are good and still in the league and everything. <laughs> the others are dead to me. Uh, but as good as Washington has looked on offense, their defense has been horrible. And just given how good Jalen Hurts has looked and, and uh, the Eagles as as a whole look like a really complete team, I'm comfortably taking Philly. Uh, I am taking Philadelphia, and they are my eliminator pick this week. Oh, good one. I like. I really struggled for, with eliminator this week, um, but I, I like this call. Jags at Chargers. Both teams come into this game one and one. I feel like Justin Herbert's rib injury is the biggest. I would put this a little higher. I mean, I've got it fourth. I would put this one second just because with the issues with Justin Herbert, the Jaguars coming off of a crazy like domination mm -hmm. over the Colts. Um, who I think most people would have assumed was the much better team. It's it's just an interesting situation. It is. It is, yeah. And Chargers, even outside of Herbert, come into this a little banged up with Keenan Allen with a hamstring injury. He missed week two. Uh, we'll see if he can come back. And, yeah, the Jaguars, kind of like we expected, right? They look like a much more competent team under Doug Peterson, their new coach. And... Um, yeah, I mean, they're leading their division. They have looked much better. I do think it's interesting. I really think this is going to really depend on what happens with Justin Herbert, if he starts yeah. or not. Right. If he doesn't start as a fantasy owner of Austin Eckler, I would really hope that they're going to run the football a lot more. That would make sense. 
But I also feel like if he does get the green light to start, I don't see why they wouldn't try to run the ball more. Again, it's all to protect Justin. Yeah. I mean, taking it out of the I formation out of shotgun just gets the ball out of his hands and lets somebody else take all these hits. You're going to have to throw, but if you can slow down the pass rush with the run, it's going to protect your quarterback. But what do I know? I'm just some guy censored myself. (laughs) Some crappy guy that runs a podcast. So, Hang on a second. Runs a podcast? How about contributes a little bit to a podcast? (laughs) I mean, you're right. I was seeing how much you were paying attention, and you were a little too on point with that. Okay. I feel like you're taking the Jaguars here. Is that what I'm hearing? No, I have the Chargers. Okay, okay, me too. But I reserve the right to change it if Herbert's out. I'm going. I'd go Jaguars. What? No, it's it's. This is locked. This is set. Don't you pull this crap with me. Okay, I got the Chargers then. In, In that case, case, I have I reserve the right to flex all my picks as I see fit. Okay, okay. I think it's a little bit different when the starting quarterback is out, but whatever. In Chase Daniel, we trust if uh, they're not, <laughs> that's why he's the highest paid backup in the league or whatever. <laughs> I mean, don't knock backups. Look at what a Cooper Rush did for Dallas. So sure, that's fair. And Daniel did look great on his one play for the Chargers last week. He handed the ball off beautifully. Hey, you know how many people screw that part up? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who now. Like, it definitely happened a few times just this past week. Okay, Lions and Vikings. Yes. Battle between one and one teams. Like we've talked about, the Lions look incredible on offense. Oh, I beat this team in my VR simulation as the new quarterback. <laughs> Is that what you're going to base your pick on? Yes. The Lions look so good on offense, but they've given up a ton of points as well through two weeks. Uh, and the Vikings have looked like a completely different team in week one versus week two. I, I saw this joke made on, on Twitter or something. It was, it was like, we should know by now to never trust the Packers week one result. They, they, that's basically their preseason as they get it all together on offense. <laughs> and of course, the Vikings looked really good week one against Green Bay. But but that's the point is how much can we really take away from that? Given and the fact course, that they like didn't even show up to play against the Eagles. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They got crushed. Uh, but they're back home for this one, playing a division foe. Um, I'll take Minnesota here. I, You know what? I'm sticking with it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Detroit. Detroit. I like it. I like it. I could see it happening. That would be exciting. I feel like that if Detroit can beat Minnesota... And I know it's not saying what's well, three weeks in. I feel like they're making it to the wild card. That's going to give them some legitimacy. Yeah. It's a good test. Aiden Hutchinson gets in Kirk Cousins' face a little bit. I think it's a noon game, though. It's not prime time. Oh, so. Well, I'm not facing <laughs> Kirk Cousins anymore, so it's fine. He can light everybody up for 7,000 yards. Okay, well, I'm saying that would he would they probably win the game if he throws for seven thousand yards. Just you know that. what? If anybody could find a way to still lose it, <laughs> okay. it's actually Atlanta. But you know, I was trying to segue that that way. But <laughs> uh, speaking of Atlanta, Rams at Cardinals is the next game up. How the hell does that have to do with Atlanta? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Was, okay, <laughs> this game's way too high. 
Really? I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals would be 0-2 if not for Kyler Murray's late-game heroics against Vegas last week, but they pulled out the win somehow. They're 1-1. Rams are 1-1 after barely beating the um, the Falcons. The reason I think it's interesting is because both of these teams have been uh, pretty bad defensively and kind of good on offense. I guess you could say that for a week, too. Against, I mean, we know what the Rams are. We expect them to be a good offense. We think Kyler's pretty good. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to. Ex- I'm poorly explaining why I have it ranked so high. This could, I feel like this is going to be an offensive battle. A lot of points. I would rank the next game above this game. Yeah, this one, Cowboys at Giants, has been creeping up my watchability rankings all week. Just because maybe it's the fact that Brian Dable is a wizard. But I also <laughs> think we've finally seen what the Giants were missing, and that was their running back of Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he looks 100% back to his old self. And again, quarterbacks don't always have to be amazing they just have to make plays when they count. And I think the lack of a running game and putting all the pressure on Daniel Jones just hasn't worked. But I also like the fact that Brian Dable has, is a whisperer. I mean, think about when Josh Allen first came in the league and how awful it was. And we all kind of wrote Allen off. I don't think anybody's in that boat anymore. What do you think he's, uh, what do you think he's whispering in Daniel Jones' ear? Hold the ball. <laughs> Don't fumble. Yeah. <laughs> the next time you fumble that ball, it's going someplace you may not approve of. <laughs> um, with that being said, as crazy it is, the Giants, and Mike, you make sure the, I'm saying this correctly. Okay. The Giants are one of six undefeated teams. One of six. That's what I'm being told by reliable sources is the correct number. And with that one and the fact that Dak's out, there's no Amari Cooper, the run defense of the Cowboys is still a little bit shaky. I have to give the the edge over to New York. I can't believe I'm saying it. Well, Cooper Rush is also undefeated as a starter this year. He is 1-0. <laughs> but I agree with you. The Cowboys have, uh, they have issues. And the Giants, you know, they look... Okay, defensively, Saquon looks really good. And Daniel Jones did not turn the ball over last week. We know they have good receivers. They haven't been lighting it up exactly on the scoreboard. I think this is a team where we may have to watch it progress over the year, right? Like, we're going to make fun of the fact that Jones is probably going to fumble the ball another six times. But the question becomes, if it's once every three games, that is a huge step up. If we see the run game taking over where it opens up the pass and Jones can take shots down the field, you start to question if really the whole issue this time was they didn't have somebody that could speak the language of a struggling quarterback. Yeah, and and I actually agree with you. It feels weird and gross and wrong, but yeah, I'm taking the Giants too. (laughs) 49ers at Cowboy or Broncos, Jesus. 49ers at Broncos. This is the I need Sunday. You to focus Both this whole monitor. show falls apart. Got the baby monitor here and Mikey 
rolled over and I was like, and I, whatever, I lost my train of thought. Obviously, Garoppolo's back under center for this one. Uh, like we discussed earlier, I don't think it's a downgrade at all necessarily. The team was really good with Garoppolo last year. And we know it's a solid defense in San Francisco, so it's another tough test for Wilson in this offense. And on the injury front, Jerry Judy did not practice today, Wednesday, with that rib injury. Obviously, it could progress throughout the week, but at this point, it's up in the air whether or not he'll have that. Uh, Wilson will have that weapon available. That being said, though, for all the talk about Denver's struggles on offense, I think the defense has the defense has been pretty good. To be fair, though, they played against Seattle and Houston, not exactly the best <laughs> units, but we did think this should be a good defense on paper, too. I think this, I uh, think the defense should be good enough to keep them in the game, even if it's a struggle again on the, on offense. I think we need to see more out of out of Wilson this game. We're going we to we, see we some mobility. That. If they All can right. pull it off, the Broncos win. I'm taking the Broncos. Oh, okay. I like the. I mean, I hope Wilson is able to do something for fantasy purposes, but it's hard to have much faith in that right now given what we've seen through the first couple of weeks i'm taking san francisco chiefs at colts uh, chiefs 2-0 colts 0-1-1 and colts will be hoping and praying that michael pittman can come back and play otherwise is this almost like the middle of the pack would you say uh yeah i think so because if that's the case then i approve of where it's at Let's see, where are we in the rankings? Keep talking. So the the Chiefs have had this known factor of this bend but don't break defense. So they tend to give up a lot of yards. And for fantasy points, that's phenomenal. The Colts, though, have been a very surprising start to this year, coming off of one of their hottest seasons as a unit last year behind a top five offensive line and a top three running back. Um, and they have not produced. Pittman being out, this receiving core being not even paper thin. They are like tissue paper thin. Yes. And it's it's glaringly obvious that the offensive line is not the same unit. Um, so whether Frank Reich needs to start kicking some rears around there to get them back in line, they need to get this figured out. And the Chiefs defense is the time and place to do it. If they can at least carry some momentum and get some yardage and start to link up some short plays together, we can see the team start to build momentum. If they can't keep toe-to-toe with the Chiefs in this game, it's going to be a very long season for Indianapolis. Yeah, I've got this game ranked 9 out of 16, so middle of the pack. Um, Um, We definitely need to see more from the Colts offense. That's going to be hard to do without Pitt, and we'll see. I, I think the expectation was that it'd be a short-term injury, so maybe they get him back, and if they do, I think they have a shot here. They're at home. They've been very poor so far. I I don't know. I think they also haven't had uh, Darius Leonard, or Shaquille Leonard, as he wants to be called now, at linebacker, who is one of their biggest playmakers, and that definitely hurt has hurt them. Through the first couple of games, they haven't. I think last year they led the league in turnovers forced. And I don't know if they've gotten one yet this year. Nope. So that's a presence they've been sorely missing. 
I can't pick against Mahomes and the Chiefs, though, the way they look right now. So I'm taking Kansas City. Correct. I'm going to take Kansas City as well. I don't want to necessarily. (laughs) If the Colts were playing like I thought they would be, this would be harder to pick. But uh, right now, they look very, very bad. So (laughs) taking the Chiefs. Next up, I've got Ravens at Patriots, both one-and-one teams. Um, I don't know what to think here, really. The, do you think do you think the Ravens secondary got exposed a little bit against Tua last week? I don't think the Ravens are as good as everyone thinks they are. Yeah. Well, we saw issues in their in their secondary last year, and I thought it was mostly injury related, but it, they've carried right on, <laughs> looking uh, pretty shaky there this season so far. Uh, that's I don't know if I really trust this team as a whole. I can't put yeah. a ton of faith into it, um, which is why I'm actually going to go with the minority here and go with the 12% that picked the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's interesting. The Patriots have still looked pretty good on defense, which is always um, their calling card, I guess, with Belichick and you know, without the offensive firepower of Tom Brady and everything. And then I just don't know if Mac Jones and the receiving core are, uh, I guess, talented enough to take advantage of what looks like some deficiencies in the Ravens secondary. And I don't know if Lamar Jackson can be stopped. He's superhuman. So I'm taking the Ravens. You keep thinking that. We'll see how the season goes. We will indeed. Uh, Texans at Bears. Texans 0-1-1. and Bears one and one and this is another sort of revenge game it's lovey smith returning to chicago as head coach of the texans um i don't know i have no analysis i'm taking the bears i'm taking the texans that would be spicy you know how i like it I feel like this next game should be a little bit higher just because there's so much intrigue going on here between these two. What the hell's going on? <laughs> there is. Raiders at Titans. Both like, this should be up around year. like eighth, ninth place. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I would have said that coming into the year, but they both looked pretty lackluster so far. Do you remember a few short months ago, the Titans were actually the number one seed in the AFC, and now they're an 0-2 team that has looked, that has lost to the Giants, and then got, um, you know, destroyed by Buffalo, which is going to happen to a lot of teams this year. <laughs> one of them's legit, the other one has a giant question mark, or does it? A giant question mark? <laughs> right. <laughs> need you take your right hand. <laughs> got it. Wait, which one? The, that one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you just take the palm of that hand and you bring it across your cheek at a high velocity. There we go. Thank you. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but yes, you were saying. Well, like usually we would have said, like you made the comment last week. You're like, oh, any team that loses to the Giants is clearly garbage. But the Giants are two and zero. Just want to point that out. That means there's two garbage teams out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but what's weird is their their strategy of running the football is not working very well at all. And the mm-hmm. Raiders, I mean, the Raiders lost on pure just terrible luck with that Renfro fumble. Yeah. So, I mean, they should be a one-in-one team in theory, but... I don't know. The Titans, I just don't have an explanation for. Is it possible that the loss of A.J. Brown is that bad? I think that's definitely part of it. That it stifled their whole team? I mean, their defense was mediocre last year. Their secondary was weakened and didn't have it was probably their weakest point. But they can't even get their offense to move with their traditional ground and pound game. Uh, with that being said, I'm still going to put faith in that the Raiders will find a way to mess this up, apparently. <laughs> and Tennessee ekes out to one and two. I mean, this seems like a game where they should be able to do what they want in terms of uh, just unleashing Derrick Henry. Raiders don't have a defense that scares you, whereas the Bills were getting on him so fast they were taking him down in the backfield more often than not. Uh, Raiders don't have that kind of talent up front i'm i'm taking the raiders though just on the basis of their offense should be good enough to with Devonte adams now and everything darren waller to take advantage of what seems like a weak titan secondary i do you think i mean of course it's too early to say any team is eliminated or anything but do you think whoever loses this game is pretty much toast I definitely say that it at best they're going to get is the seventh seed. I don't see if whoever loses this game getting beyond maybe fifth seed overall. Yeah. Um, because the AFC has a lot more competition than the NFC, but you have teams in the NFC now that are moving up and it's just, it's, it's right now it's, it's a, it's a mess. But I think whichever one of these teams loses is going to have, if they're going to make it, they are not going to get anything higher than a fifth seed. All right. I don't know if you saw this, but I just updated my list here. I I moved up, uh, or well, I moved down Saints at Panthers a couple spots. So that next one here is Bengals at Jets, which actually I think should be higher now that I'm looking at this again. Yeah, a little bit, but that's but, okay. I forgive you. Thank you. Bengals 0-2, surprisingly. Jets 1-1 coming off of uh, one of last week's epic comebacks. Taking yeah, the Bengals' out. losing record ends now. <laughs> well, it'll still be a losing record, but I know what you mean. <laughs> it's going to be Flacco starting for the Jets again, who's actually looked pretty good um, through his two starts. He's putting up a lot of yards. And the Jets, all of a sudden, kind of kind of out of nowhere, the Jets have a really deep and talented group of skill position players. Flacco has a decent team around him, as would Wilson when he gets back. They've got a team around him. Robert Sal has gone and done a great job of putting some players in positions. Yeah. But it's just been, you know, it's part of its schedule, right? Like, you could have a great team that you feel great about after five or six years of terribleness, but then you look and... If your your schedule starts off with like the Eagles, the Titans, the Bills, and like New England, you're kind of like, well, there's a there's a one and three start to our season. It's fine. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of Wilson, it sounds like he could be back for Week Four, but I don't Wilson! even. Wilson. 
I don't know if that'll be good or bad, given how well Flacco's playing. Did you see the quote from their rookie receiver, Garrett Wilson? No. Garrett Wilson, not Zach Wilson. About how um, Flacco throws a more catchable ball. <laughs> uh, can we also say that Flacco's been around the league for quite a while? Just throwing that out there. We can say that. I feel like you should not badmouth your young franchise quarterback <laughs> in that way, though. <laughs> anyway. Uh, bottom line is Flacco's look pretty good, but the Jets have been as good as they've looked on offense. They've been pretty terrible on defense. And But the Bengals, for their part, have looked really shaky on their offense the first two weeks. Yeah, it's just nerves. They'll shake it off. They're going to they're gonna make a 10-game ten, ten run here. I, I do think Burrow's yeah. going to throw for 400 yards a game. Team is going to score two touchdowns in every game. You mean Jamar Chase, and then yes, I agree with you. All right, I'll give you one a game. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals here, and they're actually my eliminator pick. Ooh, they're going to lose now because you're that you know. guy. <laughs> well, what I've ensured by picking them is that it will be close, uncomfortably close. <laughs> this is also true. Could be a sneaky shootout potential here, too. Uh, Steelers at Browns. This is the Thursday night game. Uh, today's game as we release this on Thursday. Don't freak me out like that. I thought it was midnight. We No, 45 minutes away. <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest point of intrigue for me here is... is um, yeah. I'm at the edge of my seat. It's, it's what's written in front of you on the page. <laughs> that you can't read? Is how long is uh, Mitch Trubisky's leash? He's looked pretty bad through two weeks. The home crowd in Pittsburgh last week was was chanting for um, Kenny Pickett to come in. The team's uh, one and one after that impressive week one victory over the Bengals, which was, of course, fueled by their defense, forcing five turnovers and scoring seven points themselves. Yeah, no way. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I just, just keep digging in yeah getting in any shot at burrow and your fantasy team i can sorry yeah i'm sorry who lost by like 30 points even though i had somebody put up a big old zero <laughs> hey we're not there yet <laughs> uh yeah so there's night steelers browns browns don't have a lot going on with well what they do have is two incredible running backs and a good offensive line too solid. Apparently, here. like Jacoby Brissett isn't bad. I mean, I'm banking a quarter of my salary cap money on him. You starting him this week? I am. Okay. It's either him or Matt Ryan. I mean, really, can I do worse? <laughs> I think I'd go with Ryan there, but it's your your team. The uh, Steeler defense will be without T.J. Watt Listen, again. Just so. because you – oh, I'm not going to phrase it the way I'm going to phrase that. Never mind, continue. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you were about to say. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for uh, stopping yourself. Uh, you're lucky I have a conscience. <laughs> I'm taking the Browns. I am as well. And I think this might be the point depending on how the first three quarters go, a changing of the guard, even albeit temporary, might take place. Mm. In this game, if the Steelers are down by more than 17, I see no reason why you should at least see what the Rook has. 
Oh, yeah. Forgot to mention that happened in the Titans game this past week. They were down by so much. Both teams pulled all their starters in the third quarter, and we got to see a quarter of Malik Willis for Tennessee. Yeah, nope, didn't watch that. Neither did I. (laughs) But I saw it in the box score. (laughs) Okay, Saints at Panthers. I got the Saints. Saints. Falcons at Seahawks. Uh, I don't remember who I picked because these teams are both terrible. (laughs) I think I picked the... the, uh, the, I picked the Falcons. I picked the Seahawks, huh? That works. Yep, whatever. Take a short break. Come back for a quick edition of the Fantasy Corner. Yes. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. up my kittles and bits <laughs> uh by the way i'm so proud of that name it's probably the best name i've come up with that is a very good name ironically kittle has not played yet but it's okay <laughs> kittles i'm gonna kick his bits <laughs> kittles my bits <laughs> whoa i don't know <laughs> don't make me go back i prevented from saying a statement that can be taken out of context <laughs> Okay, here we are in the fantasy corner. <laughs> Just going to keep uncomfortably brushing past that. <laughs> oh, man. Like I kind of alluded to, I was playing against my wife this week. Came into Monday night down big. I was down by like... A lot. A lot. Like over 20 points. And I had Stefan Diggs. She had Cousins and Justin Jefferson. So... Like, there's no hope, right? The ESPN app said there's no hope. <laughs> Actually, which I should have taken as a sign that maybe there was hope because that stupid uh, win percentage, whatever, is, is always wrong. <laughs> but I came into this game, according to that thing, with a 99% chance to lose, which I fully believed as well. But uh, Stefan Diggs, well, first of all, I had Tua on my team, 42 fantasy points, and I almost lost even with that. But that's uh, ridiculous. Stephon Diggs puts up 12 catches, 150 yards, three touchdowns for 39 fantasy points. But even then, I thought I was still screwed. And I was losing for most of the night until, uh, you know, Cousins threw three interceptions in the Monday night game. Jefferson did nothing. And uh, but all the way at the very end of the game, I'm up by like a couple points. And they're driving down the field. It's garbage time. The Eagles don't care. They're just giving them short passes all the way down the field. And they get to, like, the nine-yard line of the Eagles. I'm sure they're about to score and ruin my night and my week, my life. But <laughs> Well, I mean, that's going to be a problem you're going to have to talk to about therapy. <laughs> I know. I really – why do I care so much? What is wrong with me? But uh, We ain't got – that's a separate podcast. <laughs> You're right. We're already at like an hour plus. But then on third and goal from the nine, they, the Eagles get a sack of Cousins, and they finally they just let the clock run out. And I take home the victory by 0.6 points in the most unlikely fashion. And if if everyone else in my house hadn't already been asleep by then, I would have been jumping up and down and screaming probably, which I was doing internally. But <laughs> I mean, you could have, but then wouldn't have been worth like... it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that was my week, too. Uh, and I improved it 2-0. Very, very fortunate. 
Uh, I win as well, improving to one and one. Uh, I'm really, again, my running back team is really what's been carrying my team. Because uh, my quarterback play has been very lackluster. And the Buccaneers defense last I week. I just noticed that, yeah. 25 points they put up last week. Yeah, you can thank Jameis Winston for that. <laughs> I absolutely do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mike Williams put up 21 points, which is what exactly what I needed him to do. But yeah. so far, the most consistent has been DeAndre Swift. Yeah, he's so good. And I feel like I got him at a steal. Uh, Allen Robinson, I had on the bench, but it's nice to know, like, he was the only one on the bench that really did anything. Yeah, the nice thing about that is now you can feel more comfortable putting him into a starting role. Well, I mean, I don't know. I have this bad habit of wanting to, like, double up on stuff. So, like, I got Boyd in because I'm waiting to see what the status of uh, Higgins Higgins is going to be. Yeah. But, uh, yep, so I spent maybe too much money. I don't know if anyone else went after Jacoby Brissett, but given the fact that Matt Ryan has absolutely struggled, they're facing a 25-ranked defense with the Colts, but without a receiving core and that offensive line, I can't trust it. Oh, I don't blame I mean, it's a two-quarter, so it's a two-quarterback league we're in. There are no starting quarterbacks on the waiver wire. <laughs> so I think you had to do it to get them. Um, yeah, cause there's nobody, yeah, Malik Willis is the only one like quote unquote left who might play. You don't know. Yeah. Even, even guys like, um, like Kenny pick or yeah, Kenny Pickett is rostered just in case. So that that's the state of the, uh, the waiver wire. So I feel like I may have overspent, but given my situation, I, I felt like I didn't have a choice. Yep. Yep. Understandable. Uh, so in terms of our week three matchups. Oh, I kicked your ass. Oh, you want to talk about FanDuel? <laughs> oh, I thought this is where this was going. My bad. No, that's okay. Uh, week three in our season long first. Uh, I'm playing against Ashley this week, a new newly or a new team owner for this season. And just looking at the roster, here's the what I'm calling the scouting report on her team. Like things I'm most worried about: Kyler Murray, Nick Chubb on Thursday night, or actually both both the running backs, Najee Harris and Nick Chubb on Thursday night. Oh wow, and Deontay Johnson at receiver. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch that game closely and hope for a zero-zero tie. <laughs> Darren Waller, Drake London, who's actually looked really good, and then Flacco, who I'm weirdly worried about. <laughs> And, yeah, in terms of my team, the only question is really the flex position where I've got a bunch of bad options unless J.K. Dobbins comes back. I mean, I am going up against not fun. Uh, I'm going up against Jeremy, who's got Patrick Mahomes, Mm. Jalen Waddell, D.K. Metcalf, Mark Andrews, and Lamar Jackson. Oh, and Cowboys starting running back Tony Pollard. (laughs) Um, But, like I said, I feel like Eckler should have a better game against Jacksonville. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on last minute decision, whether I'm going to flex in Tyler Boyd still or throw in Allen Robinson. Uh, There's potential George Kittle can come back, which means I actually get points in my tight end position. Because Austin Hooper hasn't done anything. That was a terrible (laughs) mistake. 
Um, and then newly acquired expensive quarterback Jacoby Brissett. Uh huh. And then cool. FanDuel. And yeah, and, oh, so embarrassing. So we're tied at one-one. You got you won by you beat me by thirty points in week two, even with a zero from Gabe Davis, who turned out to be injured. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, um, I don't even know what happened. And who was who was who was your surprise person that you leaked that I'm that you had? Oh, for this week? Yes. I have um I put in Fournette against Green Bay because I just know he's gonna tear them up on the ground. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna match you and even the playing field with this one person. Okay. I have Devontae Adams. Okay. Yep, that'll do it. <laughs> so that's a one-for-one one sneak peek. I like it. I think that's a good place to end the show. It's been like an hour. I agree with that entirely. <laughs> wow, that's the first thing you've agreed with me on all night. I agree that I hate you. I agree that you hate me as well. <laughs> there we go. See, this is progress, people. This is This is therapy. <laughs> it's a long process it's been three years but I think you've made a breakthrough tonight <laughs> three years this has been like 12 years in the making that's true <laughs> at what point how many days months weeks or years in would you say the therapy became necessary <laughs> day three <laughs> okay that sounds about right long time coming then All right. Well, hold on. I want to look at one more thing. Oh, and wait, there's more. Okay, let's enjoy this week of rooting for each other, at least slightly, because in week four is when we finally go head to head in the yes. draft. <laughs> I'm going to kick the crap out of you. So for one more week, Matt, I wish you good luck in your matchups. Same to you, same to you, but not too much luck Thank that you do you. better than me. Yep, exactly, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, let's get out there on the Fantasy Gridiron. Enjoy another week of games, and we'll see you right back here. Same-ish time, same-ish place next week. What is happening over there? Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us at our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.